One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spike. We tell two stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across the UK. Thank you all so much for coming. It's amazing to see so many smiling faces here tonight. First, let me introduce Spark London. Spark London is a group of people who like to connect people through true stories. We have three shows a month. We have a show in Hackney, we have a show in Brixton, and the last Thursday every month we have the special encore show here in the beautiful Exmouth Market. Tonight's show is a very special night because for the past month we've been working in partnership with Body and Soul, which works <laughs> right across the street, with the Young Adult Program. Tonight you're going to hear some really great tales from folks from all walks of life with some really cool things to tell you. As a reminder, all proceeds for tonight go to Body and Soul to benefit the community there. Uh, so thanks for coming. Thanks for your ticket. Uh, I'd like to introduce your host for the first act of the night, and that is Dexter. <laughs> I'm sitting there, in front of the computer, fingers poised, waiting to write something, waiting to explain something, waiting to create something amazing. Come on! Hit it! Come on! Crouch! Crouch! Now hit the ball! Right! Left! Right! Left! Come on! That was Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee was my table tennis teacher. Mr. Lee was my kickboxing teacher. I was 17. This guy was amazing, right? He was your stereotypical Asian. Short, fairly stocky, kung fu master. He was actually a world champion in kickboxing. How many times are you going to meet a Mr. Lee in your life who's so well-rounded? Mr. Lee used to say one thing to me all the time. Why are you so angry? Every time, focus and control, no anger. Focus and control, no anger. I was a very angry kid. I was your stereotypical young black kid growing up in East London. I used to wear a hoodie all the time. I used to walk like I was bowling, so I was just going up and down lopsided. My trousers were falling below my knees. I looked like an idiot. <laughs> so this one day, I'm going to table tennis. You know, it's lunchtime. I'm about to see my friends. I turn up. Can't see them. I'm looking around. Where are you? Oh, yeah, okay, 10 minutes, gone. I'm getting a bit nervous now, so I'm making a few phone calls. Guys, where are you? Seriously, come on. Now, at this point, I have to explain something. 
I might be a stereotypical black teenager, however, I do not believe in black people time. For those of you that don't know, black people time is when you arrive to an event an hour after you're supposed to arrive there. Okay? Me, I'm on time, I'm here, I'm there, where are you? Oh man, I'm, I'm like five minutes away. That was, like, we were supposed to be here like half an hour ago. Where are you? I'm like, somewhere in it. Like, so I, I just hung up. I was like, look, I can't be bothered. I need to find something to do. So something popped into my head. I'm gonna go to the library, why not, sorry? I'm just gonna kill some time. I can't bother to do anything else. So I go to the library, sitting down at a computer, and I'm just thinking, ah, what can I do? Sky Sports News, standard. Cristiano Ronaldo, 42 goals a season. Sky Sports News, standard. BBC Sport now, what's happening? Man United about to win the league. Ah, oh, I am so gassed. I'm so excited, I'm so happy. But then I got bored again, because like, I've still got 10 minutes to kill, and these guys are still not at college. What else can I do? So now I'm thinking, what can I write about? I want to write something. I want to, I want to do something. I want to actually, hang on, no. Let me think about Mr. Lee. What is it Mr. Lee's always getting at with me? You know, he's always talking about anger. And he's always talking about focus. Anger, focus, control. So I'm going on Google now and I'm like, anger, focus, control. Anger, focus, control. Everything looks rubbish though because these are really big words and I don't understand them. So then, that's when the next thought popped into my head. I'm gonna write something. I'm gonna create something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something a bit different. So I really, I sat down in my seat and I had Mr. Lee's voice in my head and I was like, sit down, back straight, come on, focus. Fingers poised. Still blank, it's been five minutes. <laughs> what do I wanna write about? And then all of a sudden I started thinking, what am I always angry about? I mean, I might fit the stereotype, I might fit the profile of a young black man, but what is it that's making me angry? Because it's not the fact that I'm black that's making me angry. It's the fact that I was disconnected from my identity, I was disconnected from my roots, I was disconnected from my ancestors, I couldn't even speak my mother tongue even though I spoke this tongue fluently. I'm sitting there, typing, 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 typing. And then all of a sudden, like, I sort of zone out again and I'm looking at this sheet of paper that I've just printed out and I'm about to show it to my friends and it's titled Diagnosis Conspiracy. And I'm just like, damn, that's kind of deep. <laughs> and that's the first time I realized I was a poet. Thank you. Thank you very much. Just as the introduction was before, this is Spark London, and we're here to tell you our stories. I hope you enjoy the rest of the evening. We have some really great speakers. Next up on the stage, we have Munya. So, it's Cancun, lads holiday. Girls, drinks, and a lot more drinks. A lot of time to kind of forget. So I thought on the last day, let's do something we can remember. Let's jump on a moped and actually go to the marketplace, go to town. By the way, I've never ridden a moped in my life. <laughs> my friends have. So um, 
first thing, I jumped on a moped and then I immediately stalled. And I thought, this is going to be the harder than I thought. And everyone's all speeding up in front of me. And I have a lot of pride and I decided to just keep going. So we're on the motorway now. And then um, people, my friends are all um, going ahead of me. And I thought... Let me just stay in a 10 miles per hour zone and whilst cars are beeping behind me and people are just yelling things in Mex- Mexican, which I can't understand, but I could just tell they're very angry. So, so my friends stopped at one point and they said to me, um, Monia, do you want to turn back? We're not that far from the hotel. And, it's, and it appear, it's like it's obvious that you're struggling. Um, and I said, no, I could do this. I went up to 15 miles an hour. So... Yeah. so um, so I keep going. They said, we're going to leave you, but catch up with us. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I will catch up. And, and I'll show you, show you guys I could be the best mopeda in the world. So, <laughs> so they, they went ahead. And what I remember, I, see, I remember seeing a huge roundabout. Biggest roundabout I could see, probably because I was nervous as hell. So I, just, so I went slowly around the roundabout. So slow, people are still beeping at me, the wind is still blowing, and I was just only scared about leaning over and falling over on the bike. And, uh, and, and then, um, so I keep going further. I still haven't seen my friends. And this is like an hour in, and my, and my friends haven't even stopped. I haven't seen them for a distance. But in my head, I remembered the map, which was in my friend's pocket, and, and it had the, mar- the marketplace was at, at, the, at the end of the map. And then um, at the top, so I thought, if I just keep going straight, I'll, I'll hopefully find them. Silly me, isn't it? And then also, my phone was in my other friend's pocket, and my wallet was in my other friend. I had $50 in my pocket. So I literally had nothing, just this bike, and me, that's it. So, um, so um, I went on, and um, I thought, let me. I, I started to give up now. So I thought, let me ask um, for directions at a petrol station. So I stopped at the petrol station. I nearly crashed into the wall, and um, I, I asked, "Able um, English," which I think means, "Can you speak English?" And um, the guy came out like, "Yes, yeah, see, yeah, me, me." So I was like very excited, and um, and he said, um, "Yeah." Um, I said, "Do you know the way towards the hotels in Cancun?" And he said, yes, uh, you go straight, you see a bridge, and then you turn right, and then you, you won't miss it. You just keep going straight down the road. I was like, okay, cool. Got back on my bike. I went down. Now I'm going past the army base. I see graffiti, and I think this is the urban side of Mexico. So I'm getting more and more nervous. I was thinking, am I ever going to get home? <laughs> and then... Um, so to reassure myself, I just thought, let me ask some cab drivers who are sitting down having their cigars, having a drink. I don't know if drinking and driving is all right. Yeah. So, but yeah, and, then, and, and, and so I thought, let me ask um, um, for directions. So I asked the same question. And they told me to go back past the service station, then turn the other direction and, and keep going. And I, I, t- I said to them, the guy just told me like this way. And he's like, no, he's lying, see. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went back. So when I'm nervous, or actually in any state, I get hungry. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, uh, so um, in the distance, I see some hope in the, in the shape of a big M, a golden M. I see McDonald's. So I thought, I could go into McDonald's, and that, that could give me time to strategize. So I parked up, and then I ordered the hardest cheeseburger in my life because one I could speak English and they couldn't so I was I was there say, pointing this burger and they're like where and everyone there was all hectic and everyone's looking at me and it's like until I got my burger and then I sat down so my helmet is on the side of me 
my arm, my arm is on my, like on my face, and then and then I've, I'm just eating my burger, thinking, am I ever gonna make it home? I had fifty dollars, I spent it on a burger. Is that now? Have I, have I got enough to get some more petrol? I was like, everything was so chaotic. So I thought, okay, at least one person behind this till no problem probably could speak English. So I asked. Um, so um, asked, does anyone at least speak English or understand? And one um, lady came up to me and she said she's studying it, but she doesn't know much. So I said, oh, can you draw me a map back to the hotels on the receipt? Which she did. So I got on the bike, like, yes, I'm going to get home now. Yeah, I'm going to lie to my friends, say I was with like loads of ladies and stuff. So, so yeah. And then, and then um, so I looked at the map and then it was all in Spanish. There was no arrows. And I was like, this ain't going to help me. <laughs> So I crumbled it up stupidly, and then I threw it, and then I thought, okay, I'm probably going to see a sign on the, on the motorway saying Cancun. I was hoping. So I was, I was keep going. So I'm going, past red, I'm going past red lights. People are yelling at me again. Um, the, the mat underneath my feet on the moped is flapping. My helmet is too big. My eyes are watering from the wind. I just look like a mess. So um, I kept going, and then in the distance now, I just see a line of people, and it's like, okay. So I kept going, kept going closer. And, um, and I thought, oh, those are police officers. They'll be able to help me. So, so I got closer, and I was like, oh, excuse me. Um, do you know, before I could even finish my um, question, they said, oh, do you want to go into America? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, um, this is um, border towards America. You want to go towards America? I'm like, no, I'm from Cancun. I came to Cancun Hotel. It's like, and he started laughing at me in my face. My eyes are watering. I'm nearly crying. So I was like, I need to go home. And then um, he said, oh, okay, the best way if you go straight back, you see flash flashlights, and then you go through a forest, and then you turn, turn left. I was like, okay. So I went back. So I'm looking at my petrol gouge. It's now below halfway. And then I was like, okay, I, I better make it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going through a forest. The first thing I see is a guy with a machete chopping up mangoes. And the first thing that popped in my head after that was my mum telling me, oh, Munya, um, people, they, you might get kidnapped in Mexico. So I was like, so I started going faster. But remember, I can't ride a moped. So I kept, fast, I kept going fast, then stopping because I lose balance. So this was me throughout the whole journey. <laughs> so... So until I reach the end of that uh, end of the forest, and then I see a proper like this is a huge motorway. I've never seen a motorway this big, probably because of my fear. So I got on the motorway, and then um, I, I, was, I, was, I was going. I thought I could keep the pace, but I couldn't. So I went on the hard shoulder, and I drove all the way for like um, until I saw a, a familiar distance. I saw the club where that girl rejected me, and 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 and, and that, where that fight was, and that yes, I remember the area now. And then. Um, so, and then, and then as soon as I got back, like, I started to see, see my hotel, and I was like, yes, and my heart was beating fast, and I was like, and then I saw the guy who rented the bike, and I just gave him a massive hug, he, he was looking at me confused, I was crying, I was sweating, I was like, you don't know how happy I am to see you, I'll pay the extra money, please, thank you, and then I saw my friends, in this, and then we started celebrating, like, yeah, he's not dead, so, so I was like, I was like, so, <laughs> So um, that was my time in Mexico, and it just shows me I should always carry a map or listen. Thank you. Another great story. All right, so next. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So now we've got Milton. Please come up, Milton. So... I've always been that shy guy, the quiet guy, the one in the corner that doesn't really say much, and that's always as I was with the kids. As in, I had friends, I had people around me, but I could never quite connect, and for me, I loved it when, like, alcohol, drugs, and that sort of thing came around, because that, for me, was, like, the magic elixir that can make me be someone else. You know, I could go to parties, do all these sort of stupid, different things, and I've got, like, so many nicknames and so many random stories of, like, how I've ended up in all these different places, going on holiday, not coming back for three days, and the lad's saying, mate, what happened to you? I just got lost, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That was it, and for a long time, that was me. You know, I've got a really addictive personality, and I like to go, like, to the extreme, and that kind of, like, got got me into, like, a really weird place when I had a bit of a tragedy in my life. I lost my mum around about my 21st, and for, like, the next couple of years, I just lived in that tragedy, because, like, when you lose somebody, it just changes you as a person. And you kind of like don't know how to go on, you know, what do I do, that sort of thing. So my life from like the next couple of years after that was just like a roller coaster. you know. I picked myself up, you know, I could walk into an interview, you know, be laughing, chatting, joking, you know. I was absolutely great, you'd love to hire me, but like two, three weeks later when I get paid, I'll go to Bend and I'll be literally gone for like the next three or four days and the guy will be like, Mills, what's happened to you, man? Where's the guy that I hired? You know, what's going on? And that was just kind of like the roller coaster that I was on for like the next few years, you know, and then... It just kind of like the periods got longer and longer, you know. I'd be like one weekend, turn into a week, turn into two weeks, and then for a long while, that was where I was living, and I could literally never hold down a job. I remember like working in TK Maxx and thinking I'm better than all these people there because I've been to university, even though I didn't complete it. You know, I've got GCSEs, A-levels. I had this massive chip on my shoulder, and there's this one time, I'd love to say it was the first time I got fired from somewhere for being drunk, but it wasn't. This is like one of the many occasions this happened to me, and... I remember working like a 12-hour shift and turning up the next day. I wasn't meant to be there. And I used to like pushing buttons. So like one day I'd have one can, next day I'd have two, third day I'd have three, because I really didn't want to be there and I thought I was better than them. So this time I turned up and literally I passed out on the bus on the way there, which is like clear indication, you don't need to go to work. Man, call in sick, go home. But even though I was like four hours late, I was <laughs> four hours late not answering my phone, 
I decided to go to a pub next door, have a guy, have a pint and have a shot, you know, some Dutch courage before I go to work, you know, how am I going to get through the next four hours because I already like missed half of it already and my boss literally had to shout to me, say, Milton, go home, go home. And I remember walking past everyone in the tills and people thinking, who the hell is this guy? He's like stumbling around, he's like, you know, all of that. And for me, that was like really demoralising and like really, you know, embarrassing. You know, all these people, like 15, 16 year olds, you know, studying and stuff. And I meant to be the older guy there, you know, the one that looked up to, the smart guy. But and that just kind of like kept going on. That was like the cycle of my life for literally a long time. And for me, that, the crazy thing about it was that was just normal. That was just what I always did. And I remember like a while, I'd be on like a really mad bend and I managed to get an interview, this really, really cool job and I really wanted it. But then I couldn't stop drinking for that entire week. And I remember waking up and walking down to the station. I'm sitting there on my way to, I think it was like Southwark or Waterloo, you know, around that area. And the thing is, I've got like my notes in front of me. I'm meant to be revising, you know, interviewing everything. But I've got a bottle of vodka in my hand and my other hand is like... In my mind, I'm literally convinced myself, yeah, I can do this, I can revise, but there's no way I'm revising. Like, everyone else there is going to work, and I'm sitting there swigging it back and, like, trying to read a few words and think, yeah, that's a good thing to say. And I wish I could tell you what happened in that first interview, because it went amazing, you know. I walked out of there, and the guy was literally ready to offer me the job, but I could not for the life of you tell me what I said, you know. The whole thing was like a blur, and I was just, like, cracking jokes, and I walked out of there, and I was really hyped. I was, like, ringing my sister, yeah, I got it, I got it, you know, the job's mine. And the guy was like, you know what, go home tonight, come back tomorrow morning, you know, read up on everything that I told you today, and literally the job's yours. And I just spent the rest of the day celebrating, because I was that like, arrogant, I thought, you know, sorry, I don't need to revise, I already got this, you know, I'm going to go home, I'm going to go to the pub, I'm going to celebrate, and that's what I did. And the next day I turned up, I was like an hour and so late, and the guy's just like, what's going on, you know? And he didn't even really want to see me, he just like, you know what? Because like the first day I turned up, I was over an hour late, but he still agreed to see me. And then the second day I did it, he was just like, no, nah, I can't do this, man. Seriously, I like you, but I just can't do this. And I walked out of there feeling like absolutely nuts. It's like, dude, you're just throwing away this great opportunity. And I wandered around London for a bit and I ended up back at my house a couple of hours late. And a guy rings me up and I'm like, still got another bottle of vodka in my hand. And the other hand, I got literally my phone and the guy's saying, you know what? I really like you. I want to give you a second chance. Come back on Monday morning. Tell me you can do all this stuff. And, you know, job is literally yours. I've interviewed like six other people, but I want you for this job. And oh, I wish I'd actually taken that chance because I just spent the rest of that weekend on like really one mad bender. And I don't even remember what I did for the rest of that weekend. But Monday morning was literally like replay, you know, just rewind the button and just do the exact same thing again. And, you know, I'm on my way to London again. This time I'm over an hour and a half late. And when I got there, it's... I remember walking into that guy's office, you know, the receptionist, she calls him down. The guy didn't even want to take me upstairs or even to like a side room or something. He just kind of looked at me and you can just see like that look of despair in his eyes. You know that one when like your parents are looking at you, they're just disappointed and they just don't have anything to say. And it's just literally like that. And I could see that hurt in his eyes and I just didn't know what to say. I was just like embarrassed, you know, upset, you know, I was just all these different things going through my head and I didn't even want what to say to him. And I remember walking out of there thinking, mate, you just literally wrecked your life. You know, you just thrown away this great opportunity and... I would love to say that that was the last time that that happened, you know, because around that time I was doing all sorts of things and this happened like a long time and it took basically a few horrible more occasions and a Christmas which went horribly wrong, which is another really long story, but to me to actually ask somebody to you know, help me, you know, can you help me out, you know, sort of get back on track and sort of piece my life back together and things are a lot different for me now, but... And, the reason why I like the story and what it kind of like stuck out in my mind when we could start to do stuff like this was it's around about this time that I used to use a big excuse because you know it's my mum's anniversary and all that sort of stuff and but then it's like now I'm like a completely different place to where I was then and 
I like remembering things like that. I like remembering all the dark times in my life and all the things that went horribly wrong. And now I can look back and laugh at them and think, you know, what the hell were you doing? How stupid were you? That doesn't make sense. And But it's remembering that stuff that kind of like builds you as a character and builds you as a person, which is what I kind of take away from it now. And it was hearing people like me who'd done the exact same crazy stuff that I had done that actually inspired me to actually change things about my life because you can't, you know, you can't kid a kid if you know what I mean. Somebody has done exactly what you've done, you can't kid them. They're going to tell you the truth right to your face. And that's kind of what I take from things like that. So for me, it's just about learning from your experiences in the past and just using that to build who you're going to be next, you know. So thank you. Um, this is uh, very quick and just very personal. I just want to give an incredibly big shout out to Andrina from Body and Soul, who is the reason why this night happens. So thank you, Andrina. Um, there is so much talent, but even more than that, there is so much love at Body and Soul. And I felt that in the, the three weeks that I've spent with you guys. Um, and there's so much love around Body and Soul in the back and all around. Thank you all so much for coming. Um, thank you for supporting Body and Soul. And thanks for coming to Spark. Please come back. <laughs> thanks for listening to this Spark special. If you would like to support Body and Soul, go to bodyandsoulcharity.org. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.